Hi, and welcome to episode 30 of the Agile Coffee podcast. My name is Vic Bonacci. You can reach me on Twitter at Agile Coffee. Today, Dr. Dave Cornelius joins me. We're going to be sitting on the beach down in Huntington Beach discussing a bunch of topics related to Agile events. We're going to cover not only some of the specific events that we've gone to, uh, but what you as a practitioner can hope to get out of events like these in the general sense. And if people are interested in organizing or volunteering in their own events within their community or at a more regional scale, uh, we've give some tips on how to do that as well. Coming up in episode 31, I participate in a lean coffee with a brand new cast of characters. I go to Dave's Five Saturdays Train the Facilitator workshop, and I talk to some of the facilitators there that are being trained. And we do a a lean coffee, uh, not necessarily based on what they're learning in Five Saturdays, although that does come up a bit. Um, But it gives another fresh perspective from a brand new set of voices about some of the issues that they deal with, um, whether they're using Scrum or not, if they haven't even gotten to that in their own experience. Looking further ahead to episode 32, I will be playing some of the interviews from the second annual Scrum Day San Diego. That happened on June 12th. I'll be talking to, you know, some of the uh, volunteers, the award winners, some of the speakers, and hopefully Carlton Nettleton himself. So that should be interesting. Stay tuned for that coming up. Finally, if you will be participating at the Scrum Retreat in Seattle this coming weekend, which is uh, June 22nd to the 24th, Come on up to me and let's talk. I'll have my recorder, a couple of microphones, and a bunch of questions and topics that I'd love to dive into. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy a fresh brew of Agile Coffee. Agile Coffee. Agile Coffee. Welcome to another Agile Coffee. This is episode 30, and uh, Dr. Dave, Welcome. Well, thank you, Vic. It's great to be here um, in a wonderful beach area of Huntington Beach. It's great to do a, a podcast outdoors, isn't it? Yeah, this is amazing. So uh, <laughs> Dave and I are sitting here in Huntington Beach, like right on the beach. Um, literally a beautiful day, a few nice white puffy clouds in the sky, but uh, yeah, a beautiful day down here in Southern California. Today's episode, we're going to be focusing on agile events. So between the two of us, we've got I don't know, five or six different types of, of Agile events that we either participate in or have organized or, or just flat out own in the case of Five Saturdays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Maybe we'll start off by just kind of talking about why, why we're doing these types of events. What, is, what does it mean to us as individuals or, you know, as far as our learning or, or as community builders? What, what do these events mean to you, Dave? Uh, to me, the key thing is community and community learning. Uh, it's one of the things that I'm very interested in. I believe that when we share our knowledge and we come together, it gives us a great opportunity to grow, uh, to learn from each other. Um, it's just having, also just building out those relationships that we could continue to manage and I wouldn't even use the word manage but just say foster mm-hmm. right help those relationships to, to grow over time you know like you and I we've met several years ago and mm-hmm. through these different events mm-hmm. we've continued to build our relationship know about our, each other our families mm-hmm. our aspirations so those are the things that for, for me are, are really really important yeah absolutely I mean when it comes to agile um, the importance of building a community for me is is to get the 
the philosophy of Agile kind of spread throughout the community and maybe infiltrating different workplaces, um, schools maybe. Um, but also, you know, on a more selfish side, it's expanding your network. And, yep. you know, in case you are looking for another engagement, you can, like, find people in your network and, and reach out to them. Or if you want to increase your learning, you know, as you said, you you're building this network of peers who are learning the same types of things, but maybe more specific areas here and there that that are overlapping with yours or filling in a need, kind of complementing your own studies. So definitely, that's that's been the main thing for me too is, is community building. Um, so yeah. let's just yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed the fact that we had that coach camp mm-hmm. down here uh, about a month ago. Yep. That was really excellent. I wanted to just. Let's tell you guys that you guys did a fabulous job. And the, the, the fact of having 50 or more people come together mm-hmm. to in an open space setting, mm-hmm. coming up with new ideas without having a, a key speaker, mm-hmm. um, I think that just really speaks to the community and the willingness of people to be open, mm-hmm. willingness to share, willingness to you know take some risk of, of bringing new things to the table. Um, like I picked up on this new idea of, of um, what do we call it, the fearless change, this card game. And it's mm. actually based in a book. And I actually used it in a retrospective. I, I thought that was like, well, such a fabulous thing. And also what I learned about is story cubes. Yeah. yeah I, I'm going like, well, I am baking that into my Five Saturdays program. So just from attending that coach camp, I picked up two great nuggets that I could integrate into my workspace and integrate into my nonprofit as well. See, that's the thing. On, on Story Cubes in particular, um, I just went out and bought a set a week or two ago, and my daughter and I play with them because I'm trying to get familiar with them. I have not even um, attended a session where they went over Coach Cubes, but I saw them at the camp, and I heard about them at uh, an Agile Open before that, and I think at, at the Scrum Gathering scrum there was gathering, one going on yeah, there. Scrum Day. And so it's always coming up. And so I'm thinking, well, there's got to be something to it if people yeah. are, are into it like that. Like Diana and Esther, I think, were doing a session on it like a year or so ago. And Carlton's big into it. And yep. So, yeah, you're picking up these these new tools that you can put in your belt. You yeah. know, and, and if you're working with a team or planning a, a, an event or a... Um, some kind of an exercise. They're like, hey, you know, let's let's get out of the box. Let's use this new thing, these story cubes, or or whatever the thing is that you're picking up. So, you know, you had talked about um, the camp, and mm-hmm. and you had talked about open space. So I kind of want to go deeper into into those. But um, let's start with with just open space in general. <clears throat> so, open space, and I'm just going to kind of provide a little bit of history that I know of open space. Um, Harrison Owen started uh, Open Space Technologies based on based on some conference organizing that he was doing. Uh, and again, this is back in the 80s, I want to say. Um, he had been working with the Peace Corps as well, and so he had served some time in um, parts of Africa where the villagers were creating what's what we think of now as a marketplace. And any time that they had like their meeting, everyone would gather together in a circle in the marketplace and and kind of decide what to talk on and, yeah. and it was very democratic so that's where its roots uh, were uh, you know from from those these these villages that got together thinking you know this is the way to do it and this is a very effective way so he brought those principles and kind of organized them and called it open space technology and, and published a paper wrote a book on it um, and it's been it's been around for a while I've heard that people use it 
in their organizations, but I think it was uh, at one of the early Agile gatherings uh, by the Agile Alliance um, a few years back, probably, gosh, I, I want to guess like 10 years or so back, where um, Diana Larson on mm-hmm. day three, uh, their scheduled speakers um, had to had to bow out, and, and they asked Diana if she would kind of take over and she said yeah if i could do whatever i want and she was like we're doing open space awesome and and that's kind of where it it started from um how how many open space events have you been to now oh my gosh maybe about six or eight man yeah you've got me beat Um, and and some of them were just smaller activities i've also ran some at the place that i'm consulting right now Mm -hmm. and where we just strike them up and said you know let's Instead of having a structured meeting, let's let's have somewhere where we could spend two hours, and and it's just a small amount of time. But we said let's spend two hours and let's do some discovery of, of new knowledge, mm-hmm. talk about things that are really just pain points for us, mm-hmm. and and so I leverage it in that way also in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So in terms of uh, the mechanics of open space, we're not going to go give all the details here. You can yeah. find that by uh, just googling, you know, open space technologies or Harrison Owen's name, but. But fundamentally, you start the day with with a circle, circle. opening circle, yep. and uh, you've got a facilitator who kind of guides you through. Might give you some context to what is open space for those of you who are new to to that format, and then they might introduce something, some kind of a theme um, based on what it is that they want to explore. Uh, so again, you've got a circle, you've got a, a facilitator or someone holding space who's kind of walking around the circle, um, so that everyone is. You're as the facilitator. You're walking through everyone's line of sight, and as you as you leave their line of sight, they are forming. They're seeing who's across from them across yeah. the circle. So that's really kind of already starting these these bonds um, between all the event members. There, um, we introduce. Uh, I think it's something like five five, five core principles, core principles and yeah. one law. Yeah, the law is uh, the law of mobility, also yeah. known as the law of uh, two feet. Two feet. Which means if you're not getting anything out of the session, or if you um, can't, aren't contributing to the session, you know no one's keeping you there. You're in charge of your own learning. That's um, right. You're accountable for yourself. So get up and, and move around. Yeah, I, and it's really interesting. I I, I, I have it plastered <laughs> on my wall. Mm. Um, so whoever comes there are the right people. Whatever is discussed yeah. are the right things. Yep. Um, it starts when it starts, and it ends when it ends. Mm-hmm. And and. Every day I look at that, and mm-hmm. just to remind me that, yeah, I'm in charge of my own learning, and I'm mm-hmm. also have a responsibility to remind people that mm-hmm. they have that opportunity to expand mm-hmm. their learning as well, and to to just gather and, and come together and discuss things and, and find solutions going forward. Mm-hmm. So people, I'm always surprised that people like call me an agile expert in my work. I'm like, I'm not an agile expert. <laughs> you know, I'm just a guy who, who knew, has a few tricks and a few tools that I could use to solve business problems. That's what I look forward to. And I, I just hope people will get more involved in open space. It's a great thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I haven't used it at the office yet, um, at least not as an open space yet. But, uh, you know, people I talk to, they're like, we do open space on a quarter, like Solutions IQ, yeah. um, and and Big Visible, I guess, before then, before the merger. But but yeah. now they're they're continuing that practice of every quarter, all of the uh, coaches, coaches come, come together, together yeah. and they, they do an open space. And and it's not just coaching organizations; it's other organizations as well. Public um, municipalities, I've yeah. heard, are using open space uh, up in the northwest in Seattle and, and Portland. I, I know that they're pretty actively. Um, 
using using the open space technology. Uh, wherever it happens is the right place. That's yep. maybe the fifth principle that we didn't mention. Right. Uh, a couple of the roles real quick. You've got the, the butterfly yep. who um, in nature is very beautiful and they... They flutter around, and when they when they sit in their place, you know, you just stop and you admire their beauty. <laughs> and in terms of open space people, that's just someone who's, you know, taking a break from the sessions. They're just kind of like finding a quiet place to reflect and, and do their own thing, and maybe someone else will come and join them, and then you get two butterflies, and they're forming a session themselves. And then the other role is that of the bumblebee, which in nature is a, a pollinator, takes a you know, um, pollen from one flower to another and whatnot. But in the open space equivalent, they're um, cross, uh, cross-pollinating ideas from right. one session to a next, which is, again, an amazing um, technique that you get in open space that you might not get in, in other standard conferences. Conferences, yes, yeah. that's for sure. Great, but I want to talk mm-hmm. about lean coffee. Sure. Which, yeah, which I was... is one of my interesting topics now today. Yeah. And... Actually, I learned about lean coffee from coming to Agile Coffee before I never paid much attention to it. And just from getting involved with what you have going on, Vic, mm-hmm. um, that has really been a radical experience for me in, in terms of bringing that into the Five Saturdays program. It's interesting mm-hmm. that my son came up to me after we had our little Five Saturdays um, content walkthrough, and you were there, mm-hmm. that... He said, Dad, I, I really, really like the lean coffee thing. You know, yeah. I, I found that this is... And, and to, for me, for, for that to resonate with him, for him to pick that up, yeah. as, as, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm taking that and I've incorporated <laughs> that also into my training for, for five Saturdays to help other students see that, hey, we could come together and collaborate and discuss ideas and do it in, in a way that it's not hostile yep. and... We, we could just get to a point where we could really prioritize what we want to do. Yeah. And it's so empowering. So it was just amazing. I just had to share that with you that my son was just like so jazzed about lean coffee. That's really cool. And your son is approximately what age? Like 21. 20s? Yeah. yeah 21. 21. To, to gravitate to it and just find value in that. That's That sounds great. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I found that lean coffee, and I've been doing... Lean Coffee meetups in Southern California now for three years. In fact, late May, early June is when we did our, our first one. And there were, I think, two or three people showed up at the coffee shop. And uh, and since then, I've been virtually, you know, at least every month, uh, if not every other week, um, doing it. And, you know, people come and, and some people stick around or, or come and then don't come back for a while but then return later on. And, and other people just drop in for one and, and maybe don't come back necessarily but still it's 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 a you never know what you're going to get and and when you brought up lean coffee we were talking about open space and i was going to also mention that lean coffee to me is is a great is very much like open space only on a smaller scale yeah right so it's very democratic in when and how you prepare your agenda uh, quote unquote agenda uh people talk about what they want to talk about and when it's over it's over yep um so yeah, it's like a micro open space. It's micro, yeah, <laughs> I figure it would fit right in with this topic. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, lean coffees. And while we're on the topic of lean coffee, before we go into five Saturdays, I wanted to talk about um, how easy it is for people to set up a lean coffee uh, in their own community. So the first thing, if you're interested in lean coffee, go to their website. It's leancoffee.org. 
and um, and you'll hear the story. You'll get the overview of how to go ahead and set up a lean coffee of your own. But more importantly, you'll see a list of cities all across the world, really, where lean coffee is is practiced. Um, and you can you know click on the link and go to you know find the lean coffee meetup in your area. Or um, if there's nothing in your area on the website, you know, check out meetup.com because you never know. Maybe someone will throw a lean coffee there. Um, check out Twitter. Look for the hashtag lean coffee. Sometimes people will spin that, spin up an impromptu lean coffee and just, like, announce it on Twitter. Um, and, heck, if you can't find any in your area, start your own. Yep. Right? Yeah. Easy as pie. I mean, what do you need for lean coffees? You need... People. People, yeah, for sure. <laughs> a table helps, but, yep. you know. Um, a personal Kanban board. We use blue painter's tape, but you don't even need that. Something to write on, like index cards Card or board. sticky notes and, and pens or markers. markers yeah, that's really, it. Really, that's it, yeah. Yeah, three, three different uh, columns. <laughs> you know, what yeah. we want to discuss, what we're discussing, what we have discussed. Mm-hmm. So something very simple. And uh, do you use lean coffee, then, in the workplace? I tried it as, as part of a retrospective, mm-hmm. and I used it with this mature team. Everyone on, the, on that team has 15 years or more mm-hmm. worth of experience as, as software engineers. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm tackling problems with that team, I, I, I leverage Lean Coffee because there's, you could go really deep with these guys in terms of some of the, the problems. And they're working on back-end systems, mm-hmm. persisting data, storing data to a database. So having those discussions with those guys, it, it makes a lot of sense. And now they're filtering filtering new members to the team. I think it's important that we have kind of like the democratic model because otherwise some of the guys have been there for 20 years or more and are very seasoned. Yeah. They run, they own the conversation. Right. And, and Lean Coffee is great but, for yeah. getting other people involved yes. and maybe toning back some of the, the louder voices. Yes. Yes, um, and so I've leveraged that mm-hmm. as a retrospective tool. And matter of fact, it's just kind of funny. I, I bake it. I created this thing called the ninety-minute lean root cause analysis. And, <laughs> and guess what's Good. part of that? Lean coffee. Yeah, I've made that practice in there so that we could have a democratic discussion and still look at things like Pareto and mm-hmm. and, and, and real quantitative metrics mm-hmm. as part of the discussion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used it. Um at a few workplaces now, um, at PIX, before that at SendGrid, and wherever I go to next, I'll always use Lean Coffee in the workplace. Uh, for retrospectives, it's great. Every now and then to kind of like shake up the retrospective, try something new. Yeah. Uh, as you said, it gets gets the quieter people more involved, and it takes the people who typically dominate a conversation and doesn't, I won't say pushes them to the fringe, but rather it, it lets them see that other people have um, valuable input as well. Uh, so retrospectives, great. Um, the five, the uh, five whys or, or the root, anal- root cause analysis, also very good. We used it for um, for a road mapping exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, at you know, it was coming up to the road mapping time of the year, and so got uh, a bunch of tech people and QA and ops people all together, uh, as well as a couple of the product guys, and said, okay, we're focusing on on tech. Um, you know, what are some of the issues that we want to look at? Um, from a technical aspect for the next the next year really and and everyone wrote up cards we did our, our affinity mapping and yeah. um, and we we kind of grouped things that were together we voted on what was important and and boom there you go it's like okay these are now 
kind of the things that we should be talking about when we go into a road mapping discussion with people from the product and marketing side. It's like, you know, we've got tech debt that yeah. we want to discuss or we want to talk about how to scale. So we need to start looking at these new technologies and, you know, throw some in some spikes or whatever their way. So, yeah, Lean Coffee was re- really instrumental to uh, building out a balanced roadmap, um, I found. It certainly is. And just from a Five Saturdays perspective, mm-hmm. one of the things we talk about is creative thinking, mm-hmm. which is which was focused on innovation and storytelling. I've also allowed Lean Coffee to play an instrumental role in in that segment, in that module as well, because it's important for, for young people to be able to have that space to, to collaborate, to share ideas. And so I've baked it in as a way to create a new vision. Yeah. Right? And, and leverage that as, as a tool for, for gathering information, for a discussion, for people to come together and, and get on the same page as well. Mm-hmm. So I've added like a seventh step, which is from a mainly just like the affinity model at the very end mm-hmm. and then add more discussions onto that and mm-hmm. voting, dot voting and other mm-hmm. type of practices to allow people to say, oh yeah, this is the highest priority element that we want to work on right now. So you're listening to the Agile Coffee Podcast. This is episode 30. You can check out the show notes at agilecoffee.com slash episode 30. And let us know what you think. Do you use Agile Coffee um, in the workplace? Uh, Do you have any other community events that you are uh, interested in starting or have started that you'd like to share with us? Use the hashtag on Twitter, TellAgileCoffee. Uh, let's talk about Five Saturdays a bit. Yeah. So um, you are Mr. Five Saturdays. Um, Five Saturday it is. Where where can people go to for information? And then why don't you tell us, like, how did Five Saturdays come about and what's the vision for that? Uh, five. You could find lots of information by just Googling the number five saturdays.org or you could just go to the number five saturdays.org mm-hmm. and you would find lots of information about the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, the, the purpose of Five Saturday is really, I call it community learning. Mm. And how do we bridge this gap of, of what we have currently in, in the science, technology, engineering, and math space by bringing, about, bringing together a series of professionals who could work with, with high school kids and teach them things of software development concept, mm-hmm. teach them about Kanban, plan, planning with Kanban and Scrum. Mm-hmm. Um, getting them into the concept of critical thinking of how do we decompose big problems into smaller elements that we can work together as a team and and really drive innovation from that perspective. You yeah. know, we do it today in, well, in some companies. I wouldn't say all companies. Some of the companies that I work with, we do it. But that's the whole premise is how do I take professionals, and this has been going on for a long time, nothing new, mm-hmm. but it's just a slightly different twist because it's focused more on innovation, agility, and solving a STEM problem nice. that, that we have. And when you say STEM, that's the acronym for science, science technology, Tech- engineering, and math. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I love it. I mean, you're filling, you're filling a gap, a, a very critical gap in a lot of the uh, educational systems these days with budget cuts and whatnot. Yeah, they're doing critical thinking, but, but you're providing these life skills yeah. to, to kids in high school. Um, whether they're going to pursue careers in software development or, or not, still they're getting that basis in you know decision making and uh, project management, collaboration, all of that. So, yeah. but, but I think, you know, how this came about, it's like a year ago, it's actually two years ago, I I was volunteering at, at a project management organization, 
and I was running their outreach marketing program. And so Is I that started, a, a PMI thing? It's or? a PMI, uh-huh. yeah, a PMI uh, organization. And so mm-hmm. I came up with this program called Lend a Helping PM Hand. Nice. And the okay. whole concept was project managers teach project management to high school kids okay. and, and to other professionals in, in your community. So that kind of, you know, we tried it, said, okay, that, that's kind of a little too heavy. Mm-hmm. And then I was asked to come out to speak at um, a church in, in Los Angeles, and I went out and talked about this whole vision. And then the, the following year, in 2014, I was asked to come back and lead um, their program in, in terms of bringing curriculum. So I started developing this curriculum in 2013 through 2014. So I brought this curriculum where we're doing Scrum and, and software development concepts. And they were using a tool called Alice. So it was a, yeah. nice, it was a nice marriage. Alice mm-hmm. is of a program that was... It, it, it's from Carnegie Mellon. Right. But it, kind of, I think the, the, the original program actually started at one the University of Virginia, I think. Yeah. But, but Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon is one who supports the Alice program, and it's free. Yep. And it's a great environment where you have this interactive de- development in space where you could do animations. Yep. And with that, it teach you, teaches you object-oriented programming. Yeah. So... And you can you can find videos on um, I think they're on on YouTube. You yeah, can find, or you can go to yeah. alice.org. Okay, there you go. Um, and you could see like kids, students, uh, yeah. high school age, and maybe younger. I don't know. Um, grade school. building, yeah. Bu- yeah, grade schoolers building out computer generated animation. Yeah, you know? um, amazing what they could do. So you download it. Alice, let's talk about that. It's uh, specific to a PC. Do they have a Mac version? It, it also? runs in a PC. It oh, runs in a Mac. Go. It actually even runs in Linux. Oh, there you go. Uh, so it's, it's not limited to a single platform. Yeah. But we, we, that, that's our program. Yeah. We, we bring this program together. So this year, um, we decided to, and in order for us to scale, we have to, what I call, I call them facilitators because we're, mm-hmm. we facilitate learning mm-hmm. and we're not trainers. Right. And so the, the concept is, having a program that trained facilitators with the skills so that they could facilitate learners in, in next week Saturday actually yeah we actually launched the first train the facilitators program at Estancia High School in Costa Mesa okay and after they were done with two training sessions then they go forward and run the five Saturday student workshop the, the facilitators have to run the classes plan everything so they're getting hands-on experience it's not just having the concept of scrum and agility but learning the concept and applying it right away in a real world scenario so if uh if someone else wants more information they would go to like you said five the number five saturdays.org uh reach out to you they're probably a little bit too late for this time around by the time this airs you know people already be in the uh train the facilitators and it sounds like you've got a pretty full full room for that one already anyway so um you're gonna first uh run the five saturdays with schools here in in costa mesa is that right that's correct we'll for 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 2015 yeah our our launch part for 2015 is is estancia high school that's right in costa mesa and then in the fall we'll we'll, we'll do something in with pmi la in, in los angeles but i want to let everyone know we're bringing all of the courses online so you can set up your own five saturdays program in your community and so we will allow you to go through the curriculum get trained up and launch one in your community so it's not just limited to 
the team that we're working with right now, mm-hmm. but we want to expand it and make it available to anyone who wants that. So uh, stay tuned. We're working on getting all of those courses prepared and just getting it tuned, optimized, so that we could put it online and you could use our systems to learn, you know, Scrum, Kanban, software development concept, creative thinking, effective mm-hmm. communications, on and on. Things that, that are critical life skills that will allow you to survive in the workplace and also even in your personal life. Yeah. Great. So, um, again, for more information, 5saturdays.org. You can also check out the show notes here, agilecoffee.com slash episode 30. I want to move on before we wrap up here and talk about uh, maybe some of the coach camps or Agile Opens, uh, coaching retreats, things that are going on in general, and and maybe just spend a couple minutes talking about how people can find them and and if if they're not familiar, like what's the value that they would get out of them? Uh, professionally, we talked a little bit about community-wise, but professionally, what can people get out of um, a coaching retreat? And I'll ask you that first because I know you've been to at least one coaching least, retreat. Uh, yeah, I've and, went to the, yeah, and we'll be both uh, in in Seattle, Seattle. this June uh, here, probably the weekend that this podcast hits, <laughs> right around the thirteenth, I think it is, um, in June uh, for a coaching retreat there. Yeah, um, what do you what do you do at a coaching retreat? Well, the coaching retreat is also an open space mm-hmm. <laughs> event okay. where, where people come up with their own ideas, their own agendas. But this is deep dive. Okay. So I remember in 2013, I went to my first uh, coaching retreat and we talked about Agile at Scale. Mm. And our team was called the SAD team, the Scale Agile Differentiator. And so I think it was about 10 of us got together and we walked through all of the various scaling agile tools or frameworks that that was available and, and did a comparison so list out a few of them we got so safe. We, we had safe as, as one um dad. we had dad mm-hmm. we had less less uh what was the other one i think they got to work on better acronyms yeah and, and sad too that's, well, uh, that's yeah. the best team name <laughs> sad yeah i know and i think agility path yeah was yeah was another one of the discussion that we had and um is x scale is that a scale? X scale, yes, X scale is, but it wasn't part of the discussion at the okay. time. We even included Spotify with oh, some of the tribal. things that they're doing, that, yeah, that yeah, tribal yeah. stuff. So we, yeah. we went through that, and to me, that was so enlightening. Tightly too. aligned, loosely coupled. Yeah, with Spotify. Yeah, yeah, very deep dive, you know, type of um, activities. So mm-hmm. that's what the, the coach retreat is. But from a, a professionally. Mm-hmm. It helps you to connect with other people who are doing the same thing like you are. You're coaching, you're training, um, you're helping to help an organization become more optimized in the way it provides value to its customers. So those are the valuable skills that you, you pick up. Mm-hmm. And it also builds your network. Mm-hmm. You, you get to meet people from throughout the world and met several people that I'm still in touch with today from just having that connection from two years ago. I wanted to talk about organizing uh, some of these activities. So, you know, you and I are both involved with organizing the Agile Open uh, here at at UC Irvine this September. The dates for that, by the way, are September 10th and 11th, 2015. And we're going to be down in in Irvine at the university there. Uh, Tickets are going to go on sale sometime in June, so stay tuned for that. But, um... Like I said, we're both helping out uh, organizing that. Woody's Will, of course, kind of started the the SoCal version of this maybe six or seven years ago. Um, he's passed the torch on to uh, Hadar and, and David Dave Lokeets. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so they're kind of the main guys, but, you know, it takes a village. So all of us are kind of like lending a hand to, you know, find out what we can do to, to help organize that. And um, as most of the listeners know, I was uh, organizing, I was the co-organizer of the Agile Coach Camp that just came through. So between the two of us, we've got a lot of knowledge about what it takes to put one of these shows on. Yeah. And I think it's the willingness to give of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I and that is the key thing is, is the w- willingness to be open enough to say you know what I'm, I will give some time mm-hmm. t- to help make my community better. Now I don't know about other other events and I won't name names, but but certainly uh, Agile Opens, any Agile Open I've been to, and the coach camps I've been involved with, they're totally nonprofit. All nonprofit. So we're not in it like you just said. We're not in it for the money. Nope. We're in it to give of ourselves and learn. You know, learn more aspects of organizing and to build up the community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I think that the, the fun thing about coming to those gatherings and, and those meetings is just seeing people again. Because a lot of times we're busy with our daily lives. Some of us are on the road. So sometimes it gives us an opportunity to come home mm-hmm. and meet up with you, with your friends. I call them meet up with my bros. Yeah. Where we can sit down and have discussion. Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. But also is to put... A, a great open space of event together mm-hmm. where we provide an opportunity for people to learn together. I've noticed um, that the the open spaces I go to tend to accept a very wide oh, yeah. uh, audience, a, a very kind of general uh, from product people to executives to scrum masters to seasoned coaches um, across the across the spectrum. Whereas the coach camp that I've been to, and I've only been to one now. Um, tended to have a tighter focus of attendees, uh, people who are either coaches or scrum masters. Um. But the retreat mm-hmm. also attract people who aspire to be coaches, who aspire to be trainers, because it's not just limited to the seasoned, you know, m- male or female who have mm-hmm. been at this for a while. It's for people who say, you know what, I-, I want to do that. I mean, I met one or two people who had that aspiration two years ago, and I know they're they're out coaching now. Mm-hmm. Just because of this experience of, of, of seeing what is what's the, it's kind of like the day in the life of a coach, or mm-hmm. the day in the life of a trainer, mm-hmm. right? okay. a, or facilitator. So they get that glimpse, and they have an opportunity to really must buzz around and, and learn new things as, uh, while they're there. I can't speak on retreats yet. I'm so looking forward to this <laughs> one. But, You're gonna love it. But um, but. Again, um, the opens and the camp that I've been to, the camp we had 65 attendees, mostly from uh, regionally, from from, uh, Southern California, a lot of NorCals and West Coasters, and then other people spread across the U.S. and parts of Canada came. So 65 was a really good number. The the Agile Opens I've been to have ranged from, I want to say like 85, 90 to 120 or so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, And that's a good size because, you know, you make your... Uh, you have your circle, which is is you know pretty big at 120. Um, but then you break out into sessions yeah. throughout the day, and your sessions could be two or three people. It could be up to you know 15 or 20 well, for we, a large we try size to limit, session. The, the, the retreat, you try to limit it to uh, the size of a scrum team. <clears throat> oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so it doesn't get too big. Nice. You know, 10 is like the max, and that's like mm-hmm. too many. Hey, you get away from here, number number 11. <laughs> no, not not that bad. But. So if someone's thinking of organizing, um, so let's say an Agile Open. You know, what are some of the things that they need to um, start thinking about first? Um, primarily, like the the location, venue, location, right? location, yeah. location. <laughs> Got to have that down from a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's um, I will kind of get on my soapbox or at least toot my own horn and say when 
when I found the um, the outdoor space for the coach camp, I was like, this is it. This yeah. location is going to make it. And, um, you know, not everyone stayed on site uh, in the bunkhouses with us. But those who did, like you said, they're your bros. You're hanging out with these guys. Yep. The sessions are done for the day, and you're just like, so what's up? Yeah. You know? And, and just Your kicking family. back and <laughs> and learning with each other and sharing stories around yeah. the campfire or whatever. Um, so, yeah, you've got a location. And in, in terms of expense, I mean, depending on what your location is, um, that can really be limited by um, by how much money you, you raise and what your ticket price is and exactly. what your sponsorship levels are and things yeah. like that. Um, I know that uh, the UCI event, the Agile Open down here in September, uh, Agile Open SoCal, um, UCI is one of our sponsors, yeah, so they give lucky. us a, yeah, a very deep discount on that. And the, space, yeah. the second biggest um, expense would be food. Yeah, food, well, food is, is normally the biggest expense. Yeah. And even as I am planning um, my, the Five Saturdays program mm -hmm. that's kicking off, but also planning the, the, the Scrum Coach Retreat for 2016, which is going to be in SoCal down in San Diego. That's right. Yeah, food yeah. is the biggest element that you look at because even when you go to a hotel what they do is that well let's have a food minimum you can have the rooms yeah. but we'll, we'll do a food and beverage oh, minimum I see okay right. and so that could be thousands of dollars per day and it gets tricky too because yeah. you have people who have different needs right yes. I'm, I'm an omnivore right anything goes for I'm me I'm a vegetarian but Right. But then, yeah, you start stepping, you know, through, okay, yeah. some people are vegetarians, some are vegans or gluten-free, uh, kosher. So it does get tricky if you're planning on hosting an event, especially a large for a large crowd. You need to really make sure that maybe someone is dedicated uh, to to plan up front. How do we get the inputs from all the attendees, what their what their needs are, and then what's the best way to accommodate yeah. them? But I think forward. leveraging a registration system that has that take those things into consideration. Sure. So you have to like envision your customer. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, when I think of this is let's envision our customer and what are the questions that we have to ask our, our customers so that we can satisfy their needs. Well, hey, what kind of what kind of food restrictions do you have? Because some mm -hmm. people, you know, have gluten intolerance, and you have to account for that. So you could mm -hmm. ask those questions mm -hmm. uh, as part of the registration. If you're going to give uh, things things like T-shirts, you can say, hey, what what T-shirt size do you do you, do you wear? And then all sort of other accommodations that you mm -hmm. can think about and ask those questions up front. So when it's time to execute, you have all of the, the, the information that you need versus waiting for the last minute and guessing. So yeah. we should really apply a lot of the, the techniques and principles that we use for building good products. Mm -hmm. Treat Do that in the same way as you're, you're running your, your um yeah, events. You, you want these attendees to be evangelists for yes. the next attendees yes. as well. Um, so, yeah, we talked about food. We talked about space, having enough space, having the right types of space for breakout sessions, um, supplies, making sure that you have, yeah. whether it's a flip chart paper or white boards available, um, uh, sticky notes, um, markers, and, you know, supplies, basically, yeah. in general. Um, goodies to hand out, whether it's T-shirts or bags. You know, usually if you have sponsors, they'll cover a lot of that cost yeah. for you. But I think we also need to think about having um, a web presence, an Internet presence. Yeah, you make sure that a... you, you're on top of your public relations. You yeah. have someone, like, to give you guys a website. Maybe there's a, a wiki that people can 
publicly uh, contribute to with maybe they have to use a password, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but they all know where it is. They know where to post pictures if they're taking photos of sessions, either get a Tumblr site or just have them use a hashtag on Twitter. Yep. Um, I've posted things to our website. And, and actually, uh, Tobias Meyer, uh, he's got agilelib.net, A-G-I-L-E-L-I-B.net. Uh, they archive a lot of these events. Um, so we've just archived the, the camp um, photos and a lot of the session notes uh, are archived there as well. Um, before we close out, I just wanted to kind of move on to any other um, types of events. Um, for example, I ran an internal hackathon um, at a at one of the organizations I worked at, and again, a lot of the same concerns go into it. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, like who's going to be participating? Is there a theme? Uh, where are we going to run it? If it's internally, maybe you've got. Um, a conference room or a bunch of breakout rooms that you can use uh, for that. How many days is it going to span? Make sure that you have buy-in yeah. from everyone's like managers um, that they could participate. It's great if you can have a, a cross-functional uh, group of people there, yeah. not only developers but you know operations and, and, and UI guys as well as um, people from marketing and, and sales and customer service and, and just anyone to contribute um, ideas for a hackathon is really really critical but uh, along the same lines uh, we're putting on something in 2016 called agility coding bivouac nice agility and coding bivouac bivouac is camp Mm -hmm. i learned that in the military (laughs) okay okay yeah we're going to weak bivouac uh, out in the bush with a little pop tent but the the cool thing is is that we're, we're doing this for high school kids it's part of the five saturdays offering um, where we will bring a, a number of, of high school and maybe even a few college students together and we will solve a community problem, whether it's through planning or whether it's through technology or building someone a website, something that we can offer back to the community. So look for that. That is kind of like a hackathon, but a little bit more expanded where we will go through the full process of defining what is the problem, how do we break decompose it into smaller pieces how do we iterate through that and then exactly how do we execute and validate that we've provided the value that the customer is looking for so that's one of the things that we have in mind for coming up in twenty in the spring of 2016. Um, you've got Play for Agile and Agile Games are pretty popular conferences going on. Um, Luke, uh, oh gosh, what's it? Luke Hol- Holman? I, I, I want to yeah. say it. Um, I'm sorry, Luke, if I messed that up <laughs> for you. Uh, you've got DevOps yeah. uh, types of conferences that are always popping up. I'm, I'm trying to get to more of those now. Um, improvisational games, uh, teaching methods based on Legos. Um, so many offerings for us as coaches or scrum masters or leaders within an organization that want to make use of alternative methods of of training. Uh, just a plethora, a wide range of things that you can you should get yourself familiar with because you know if you're stumped for something to do, you know it's it's your own fault for not seeing. That's there's, right. there's a wide wide world Lots out there. Of stuff. So um, I want to thank you, Dave, for uh, spending this gorgeous afternoon with me. Uh, actually, it's morning, morning still, yeah, uh, still yeah. out at Huntington Beach. Man, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to leave, but tell you what, I want to shut off this microphone and go out and kind of walk the sands here and, and yeah. you know, see what's going on. Certainly, beautiful. Um, thanks for listening to us today. Uh, again, thank you to Dave Cornelius, who can be reached on Twitter at Dr. Dave Info. 
uh, check out the show notes, agilecoffee.com slash episode 30, and get a, um, get a taste of uh, some, of the, some of the information that we shared here. We'll put links on there. And uh, until next time, enjoy your coffee with friends. Coffee. Angel. Coffee.